This is part two of my interview with Kaylin Falls as she talks about her curated and rather unique style of approaching food illustration. Keep listening as the rest of the episode will not only leave you wanting to go to Japan, but also inspire you to take that artsy gastronomical experience. Listen as Kaylin shares about how food is a forgiving subject to paint, why creative freedom is important for artist self-expression, curating your process as you go to define your teaching style, why having a community is a blessing to your art journey, and living a life of passion and purpose. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. For a lot of artists, I think I interviewed someone as well in the pod, having that creative freedom. And it, of course, it's fun to work. It's like what you said, it's a fun challenge to work with clients and brands. But at the end of the day, it's when, it, when you're doing it repeatedly and it's the same in the same style and it's within their boundaries, there is this mm-hmm. longing uh, within mm-hmm. you as an artist to be able to express your emotions, yes. your, your vision, your perception into mm-hmm. your work. And I think you are that you are at that point. And like you said, you have a book that's coming out in April, which I'm sure a lot yes. of your followers are going to be watching out for. We're going to mm-hmm. watch out for that. Mm-hmm. But talking about teaching, yes, is this something that you've done prior? Because I know you will be teaching with us um, yes. this month. And mm-hmm. this is food illustration that you will be. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, when we talk about teaching, was it something that you thought of when you were starting out, you know, doing illustrations? No, it was not. Because for me, the process of illustrating is the most fun part of the entire experience. I love illustrating. And I think it's funny because in the majority of my life, I am not very, like I said, I have a hard time focusing and staying motivated in things I don't have interest in. But the things yeah. that I do have interest in, I really hyper-focus on. I, I'm borderline ADHD. Like, <laughs> um, so it's wishy-washy whether or not I truly have ADHD. I definitely have those tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at the type of illustration that I do, that's really highly detailed. I don't think you would kind of get the idea that in a lot of my life, I'm really disorganized. Um, mm-hmm. And what, where was the, wait, where was the question? What was that? Oh, teaching. Yes. So the process of um, painting was really something that I wanted to spend more time on. And I wanted that to be my main focus. Um, last year was my first time within Tokyo. I kind of collaborated with a newspaper here. We put a number of workshops out in person, mm-hmm. very minimal, like limited to five people because of the COVID experience. And yeah. I was given the opportunity to teach a little bit. And I do find that really quite rewarding because um, I think the thing that's a little bit weird is even at this stage, and I think everybody has that at some point, there's definitely still like an imposter syndrome there where you're like, oh, like, yes. <laughs> I'm, am I allowed to teach people? Because I feel like I'm still learning and I'm like still growing as an artist. And so <laughs> teaching my techniques, and then I didn't end up watching a lot of video tutorials on how I painted watercolor. And so yeah there might be a really much faster, much more uh, like appropriate way to paint things. But 
I feel like the techniques that I use is what results in my style. So, hmm. you know, it's like a give and take there. Like, am I doing the proper techniques? I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing what works for me. So, you know, if people are interested in learning, I think that's great. That's, and that's, I think that's what's going to be unique about your class as well, because you did mention that you did, didn't really watch a lot because you really want to be able to express and create your own style and develop it. Yes. So mm -hmm. what we will be getting from your class is something that you really curated on your own. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I think I watched maybe hmm. two videos. There's an artist called um, Billy Shoal, who is a uh -huh. watercolorist. Um, if you paint botanicals, I think you might know about her. But she, um, I watched a few videos at the very beginning on just general techniques of watercolor, like, you know, how you use transparency and lifting techniques and masking yes. techniques and things like that. And then I was like, you know what? I can sense myself heading down the direction I did with digital in which I really hyper-focus on another artist's style. Uh -huh. And that really becomes what that ultimate illustration starts looking like that artist's style. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't let myself do this because that's the reason why I chose to start a different technique. Mm -hmm. So the techniques that I use, yeah, the basics of them are pretty similar to, I mean, the, 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 the foundational, like, you know, lifting and masking and stuff like that. But yeah. how I guess I approach it is, is pretty, I guess, I, I, would, I would think it was original. I guess I haven't watched other people, enough other people's techniques to know, you know, yeah. how much overlap there is, but it yeah. is something that I've kind of developed myself. But like I said, it's like, it's, it's weird because you, I feel like, again, I'm still learning and growing as an artist, but um, when there are people that are interested in learning your aesthetic and learning your style, it's also very rewarding. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel like, you know, I still paint stuff and I'm like sometimes disappointed in things and people are like, oh, I love that. So then you're like, oh, it, it, let, it lets you be less hard on yourself. It gives you yeah. motivation to move forward. Mm -hmm. And then just in general, I think growing the art community is really quite important because mm -hmm. um, like I'm part of a group of people that every month we host Instagram. Mm, it's not a competition, it's a challenge where we all yeah. do food art based on themes every month. Right. And just even doing that, I've kind of seen, you know, how the artist community is really supportive of each other yeah. and how you know getting involved in the art community whether it's through hobby or professionally is just very healing and very a very positive thing for a lot of people and so if I'm able to use what I've learned throughout the years in my illustration experiment to help that experience for other people to be a better experience I think that's a really um, like a blessing for me I suppose. I have to agree with that as well, Kayleen, having this community and I met some wonderful, I met you through this community as well. And yes, yeah. I think art has really has a way of connecting people, whether you're, you're a hobbyist or a professional artist, there's just something, I guess, really fascinating about people coming together, together and celebrating creativity and doing art and learning from each other. Now, speaking yeah. of learning, so you will be teaching with us and it's going to be food illustration. Yes. You live in yes. Tokyo and food is greatly celebrated in Japan. And when I look at your works, oh my gosh, it looks like I want, I want to go to, I haven't been, I haven't been to Japan, but I, mm -hmm. your works are really good. They're very detailed and it looks so, you said it's semi-realistic, but they look so yeah. realistic. They're mm -hmm. so good. How much time do you spend working on each piece? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are very much interested to find out how much time do I get in order to achieve this kind of detailed foot illustration? Make More Art the Podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So we would like to give a shout out to AB from YouTube. And he said, very interesting interview. 
Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on when you, at what point you say is the beginning of a piece. Mm -hmm. For me, I primarily paint food that I myself have eaten or photographed. Um, that's again, another stance of my own. I feel like I paint, like I said, semi-realism, but it's realistic enough that I want to be able to have influence on the references that I'm using, whether that's uh -huh. the lighting, whether that's the angle. Okay. For me personally, it makes it feel like it's more my own artwork when I also took the reference image. So there are a few foods out there that I can put on the table and paint as I'm looking at it, mm -hmm. but it is a long process. And so it has to be something that holds up to, you know, sitting on the table for many hours and also something that my cat won't eat because Whoever's watching on YouTube is probably watching my cat. Like, yeah, I've seen it. It's so cute. <laughs> it's very much, yeah, in my business. And so anything that's like mm, whipped cream related or bread related, he mm -hmm. would not let that sit there for long enough. So I am, I tend to end up working from photographs, but it's photographs that I myself have taken. So first my process goes, um, I mean, sometimes there's the really uh, wonderful situation in which you go out to eat and you're like, oh, this is beautiful. I can paint it. Mm -hmm. But in general, I'll have an idea of something that I want to paint. I'll be like, oh, you know, um, I want to paint this traditional Japanese suite. So then mm -hmm. I'll use Instagram, I'll use blogs, I'll use the Japanese okay. version, kind of like Yelp. And I'll look at lots of photos of um, especially user photos, not restaurant photos, because the restaurants are always going to like really stylize things and make them very beautiful. Right. I want to see how it actually comes out when you go to the restaurant because I want to paint it. And if it's like, you know, only half as pretty, then it's only make half as pretty of an illustration. So I decide mm -hmm. which um, restaurants I'm going to go to for that food. Then I mm -hmm. travel there. I always bring like a white sheet and a light. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit obnoxious when I'm in there, mm -hmm. but I take my reference photos, then I eat it. And then I think about um, the composition as I'm taking both reference photos and as I'm eating it, what was the most interesting texture or flavor of this? And what part of it do I want to stand out most within the illustration? Then I bring the illustration back home. Oftentimes I, cause I have that digital background. Uh -huh. I might even adjust it slightly, adjust the color slightly within Photoshop. So to kind of oh. get a feel of how I want the colors. I don't ever paint it. Like I'm, I'm definitely working with a little bit more retro tones than I ever mm -hmm. come up with with my photos. I like a little bit more of a vintage look to the colors, mm -hmm. but in general, I'll kind of play a little bit with the angles, whatnot, sometimes in Photoshop or on my iPad or something before I begin illustrating. And then I sketch and the sketch takes usually around an hour. If it's a big piece, it's oh, two wow. hours. Okay. So my sketch is like really important for me. I yeah. want a very um, solid, solid um, foundation before I began painting. Now, after doing around 300 illustrations of food, mm -hmm. I've gotten faster, but still mm -hmm. I would say average is around five hours. The fastest pace is maybe, maybe three hours. Um, and the long ones can go for 12, 13, 14 hours. So it is not a fast process. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I found that helps keep me really focused is I do a lot of Instagram lives oh. and my okay. Instagram lives are a fun way to connect with people who also have interest in food art. Yeah. Um, people from around, all around the world. And at the same time keeps me from slacking off at all. I can't check social media, even on social media, I can't mm -hmm. check messages. I can't yeah. be distracted by other things. I'm I, your hands are the only thing that's in the shot. So you got to keep painting. Um, but I will oftentimes do like four or five long hour long Instagram lives just from start to finish on a wow. painting. Um, wow. so it's, again, it's not a fast process. I can speed it up. Um, 
you can make it a little bit less detailed and mm -hmm. I that's why for the classes that I'll be teaching with Edger I've provided the sketch in advance just because if you yeah. include that sketch in advance it is not right. um it's not possible to do a detailed illustration in the amount of time allotted however um there was a lot of thought process in the the reference images that I took for and again I took the reference images for these classes in that um, the first class is going to be dango, which is a Japanese um, snack made of mochi. And it's a type of dango mm -hmm. called mitanashi dango that's covered in sort of like a yellow soy sauce based mm -hmm. sauce. It's not actually soy sauce as it is. It's been thickened and kind of has a gelatinous quality to it, but it's a lot of one tone with a few okay. um, accents of black and brown in there. And so when you're working with fewer colors, things go a lot faster. Plus we're working with round shapes. And so we can get that done in that amount of time there. But in general, it's a long process. So again, it has to be something when you're painting something, you have to have a passion for it to be able to stick with any more type of detailed work, especially if we're, we're interested in painting detailed things. Yeah. Find a subject that you like to paint and find a subject that if you're taking your own reference photos, you enjoy going to take reference photos of. And for me, that's food, so. Yeah, I like I like taking photos of food too, but I don't paint them. Oh, uh, maybe that's yeah. No, you should try. It's I so think I fun. will. I will. After watching your live and your mini workshop, I probably will. Because yours are very detailed, and I guess for me, it's it's a little bit daunting, and I'm sure for for other listeners as well to be able to take on something like that in so detailed. But I'm sure with the technique that you will be sharing with us during mm -hmm. your live especially some of the tips that you mentioned about having one color and just one tone and you know the round shape it's going to be easier and plus you're providing the sketch which yes. makes mm -hmm. it a whole lot easier to, to follow. right yeah. right i mean yeah it's 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 definitely like it'll be a learning process but i've taught something similar in my in-person workshops and mm -hmm. had really good results okay. um, a different type of dango we did in the past and it went really well so i'm hoping and I'm, I'm relatively uh, positive in feeling that I think it'll we'll get some good results from the, the, the class that I'm doing because um, anybody who has again food is something that everybody that connects everybody art is something that connects us artists food connects everybody, everybody. So people who aren't artists it'll give you a reason to like connect with people people who don't have any interest in illustration or art are like oh mm -hmm. that food it looks delicious where did you yeah. eat it mm -hmm. so um, it's a really uh, easily approachable subject. And so it, it can spark a lot of conversations. Yeah. It can, it's accessible by pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might just be like, oh, I just got this from like a convenience store. I just picked this up um, from the supermarket. But if you look at it, it's actually really beautiful shapes and colors and textures. And so it gives you the opportunity to look at something that you didn't think of as art and turn it into an art piece. And again, it's super accessible. So I think that if my class inspires people to look at food in a different way too, that's great. Um, I would really love to hear that. I'm sure people are going to be more interested, not just taking photos of their food next time, but yes. really painting them. Because it's also one way to record. I mean, especially in tutorials, right? I mean, we yes. just back. Oh, this was the food. And it's, it's so fun. Just like flip through my illustrations <laughs> and you remember the like where where you ate it and how it tasted and like right. the whole experience. And so right. it really embeds these and makes these moments more special. I agree. And one other thing, aside of you being a, an, a great and excellent illustrator, Kayleen, is you're also you, you also do TV work. And what's interesting about <laughs> the TV work, it's it's for a Japanese um, news channel. And at the same time, 
yes. there's food involved. I've seen and watched some of your episodes wherein yes. you were you were speaking in Japanese, you're bilingual, and you were tasting food and it looks so delicious. It sounds so delicious when you were talking about it. And you mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. add in your illustration at the latter part of the, of the videos. I was like, yes. wow, it's like merging those two together and being able to it do really both things that you enjoy. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about that work that you do for that channel well, and how did you end up doing that? Well, doing freelance work as well as an illustrator. Well, like I said before, I do have extroverted tendencies. I always liked doing drama and stage and speech uh-huh. and things like that. But coming up from the growing up in the Midwest in the US, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to pursue something like that. It didn't seem like a very practical career. Mm-hmm. Coming to Japan, the first time I was on TV was um, a friend of mine who was in who's a, who was working as a model here. She knew a director for a TV show that interviewed people who really liked their jobs. And oh. it was a Japanese TV show. And it was basically people saying, you know, it was kind of, um, it was on a smaller TV channel, like a cable network. And they just had people come in, talk about their careers, what is needed to go into that career. And at that point, I was working as a graphic designer with a digital illustration on the side. And she was like, you know, you really like your job. And they'd never had a, t- a foreigner on the TV show before. And you can speak Japanese. I think it'd be really cool. So I ended up um, being interviewed for that show and through that process getting scouted for a talent agency here. Mm-hmm. And for a long time I did a lot of, and I still do a lot of Japanese variety TV. So like the game shows that you see. Yeah. On, um, now there's a, there's, a, there's a misunderstanding that the shows are game shows. They're actually like a variety TV shows, primarily talk and occasionally they'll throw games in there. Okay. Um, but I have, I've been on a number of those for like five or six years now. Um, and through that, I got called out. NHK is like the international um, Japanese. Uh, well, NHK is the local Nihon broadcasting system. Um, mm-hmm. um, is the number one, I guess, like public news here in Japan. But they mm-hmm. also create an international version for it that is broadcast through all the other, all the mm-hmm. world. So the one within Japan is aimed at Japanese people and is only in Japanese. But internationally, they create programs kind of promoting Japanese culture uh-huh. um, to a foreign audience uh, to, you know, encourage tourism and just interest in Japanese, Japan in right. general. And um, yeah, like four years ago or so, I was, um, my, my manager thrown out this idea of, of trying out for this job in which I travel, it's, it's a show originally called Trails to Tsukiji because Tsukiji is the biggest fish market in Japan, but actually that shut down and they rebranded as Trails to Oishi Tokyo and Oishi means delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so the show is called Trails to Oishi Tokyo and each episode features a single ingredient that is used in some sort of Japanese cooking. Mm-hmm. And as a reporter, I travel to the location in which this um, item is produced. I see uh-huh. how it's grown or harvested um and then i get to see how it is maybe make made into commercial products and then visit restaurants that use this as one of their main um ingredients and dishes and the show i think has like maybe five or six reporters total kind of cycles between five or six reporters Uh and um the staff there was like we noticed she really liked to do food illustration we'd love to feature that in our episodes is like kind of your deal and so mm-hmm. it's been very fortunate it means I get to get paid to travel around Japan wow eat food, like yeah. get to like these experiences where you get to see where this food comes from that a lot of people don't get to see mm-hmm. see where the food comes from eat at like Michelin star restaurants and mm-hmm. like 
take reference images of all these foods that I do paint it and then show it on TV. And it's like yeah. a combination of basically everything that I love to do. And so I've yeah. been doing that for a number of years now, slowed down during COVID picking up again. Yeah. Um, the, since this last fall, um, they started filming not quite as regularly as I used to, but starting to grow a little bit more, um, being the public news station. It's the most strict in terms of maintaining COVID state, uh, safety. Yeah. So we weren't able to travel at all, but now this last fall we were starting to travel a little bit more and I'm looking forward to going out in a few weeks again um, to another job. location. But I love your job. Yeah, I love yeah. Your so job. I'm like, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but like I'm doing a lot of stuff, but it's all a lot of fun stuff, which makes me like, hey. I feel like I'm, I'm permanently settled here in Japan. I mean, oh. Japan is, it's a really easy place for me to live. Mm -hmm. um, it's tricky if you don't know the language, but if you know the language, people are very friendly. There's a lot mm -hmm. of amazing food here. And there's just a lot of opportunities here that I wouldn't have in many other places. And so it's been kind of a really nice, perfect fit, I guess, for myself. That's really nice to hear. And I, I think you're doing an amazing job of what you do yes. there. And I probably would watch more of your um, reporting on, is it on NHK, right? Yes, it is on NHK. If, if we want to see it, let's say, outside of Japan, is there a channel yes. we can check? Um, it is. If you search NHK Trails to Oishi, O-I-S-H-I-I, -I -I, Tokyo, mm -hmm. it's actually available streaming. Um, oh, okay. Basically permanently online as well. So you can see it on TV without, if you have, many countries have access to NHK on their cable networks. Um so you can watch it. I think it's most countries aired on Sundays, is from mm -hmm. what I've heard. Okay. But if you're not able to catch it on that time, um, it's available permanently free streaming um, on the NHK official website. And that is um, with English subtitles slash in English. It's a combination of like me speaking to the camera in English and introducing yeah, in Japanese and subtitles. I saw that you did that. And I was like, this is amazing. And then you were able to paint the food as well, which yeah. is like, I love your yeah. job, Kayleen. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's so much fun. I think it's, it's, you know, I would never, you know, looking back at myself, let's say in elementary school, and I didn't know the difference between China and Japan, I would never have guessed that I would be, you know, halfway around the world living in Japan, painting food and like reporting on TV. It's, it's a weird life, but I love it. So it's a weird life, but it's a very charmed life, I would say. <laughs> yes, Maybe. I have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun to chatting with you and you've shared a lot. You've been so generous sharing your tips and your journey and your story. I'm sure our audience and our listeners picked up a lot from, from what you've shared. And we look forward to your live demo and mini workshop, which is happening this month. So we'll add in more details as to what and when that will be. But yes. please make sure to check that out. Kayleen, it's been an amazing having you on the show. And we look forward to seeing more of you through the gram, yes. through your shows, NHK, and through Etcher when you teach with us. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to working with everybody in the workshop. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Kayleen. Please stay safe and we'll catch up with you again next time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Kayleen's gastronomical experience matched with her love for food illustration is truly inspiring. She's living the best of both worlds, having been able to travel to promote Japanese culture and paint her heart out wherever she goes. What do you think of this episode? Are you all excited to learn from Kaylin too? Well, I sure am. Leave your comments and feedback through the blog posts associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Kaylin. 
We would love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Aptra Studio. And oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.